millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin? And how did they end? Let's find out on the final episode of the 650s BC, part four. Hello, Dan. Hello, Bernie. I'm so excited for this episode. I know. It's uh, war. Great powers going to war. Big time war going on now. We always save it to the end for you guys. Somehow the decade worked out that way for us. Yeah. Now <laughs> there's conflict. There was conflict in the earlier uh, in the early episodes, but not like this. Yeah. This is a big one. And we got information on. We got pictures. We got a comic book. Basically a an ancient comic book. We got mugs and t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I make them for you guys. <laughs> uh, sorry, we said about eight of them. Then you have to decide if uh, the t-shirts should say Temptikuma in Sushinak or Tuman. <laughs> oh right, right. Oh my gosh, right. We I have to we have to do that. We come up with how what's your ancient Babylonian name would be. <laughs> I think it'll be something like what's your what what is your sign, right? Your your astrological sign and then something else. So, uh, like, for before... example, my porn name is Fluffy Forty Annie, which is a funny porn name, I think. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah, I want to say that when we mention Tuman, we are actually referencing Tempty Kuma in Shushinak. <laughs> we are calling him Tuman in this episode. Perfect. Thank you. At least I don't have to try to say that because all you listeners by now you know hmm, how I pronounce. Okay, what's happening? So 653 is this is a big battle. This is the campaign against Elam, and this is called the Battle of the Ulai River, and it's also known as the Battle of Tiltuba. This is a very famous battle. Um, 
I'll give you the background of it. So back in the 660s, Tumen, he took the Elamite throne from his brother after their father died. And if you remember, a bunch of the Elamite royal family, most of all of them really, in court, they fled to Assyria, and Ashurbanipal gave them sanctuary. They were uh, political refugees. And Tumen, he wanted them back. And he wanted, it was his brother that was, you know, living with Ashurbanipal. And he kept sending insults to Ashurbanipal through his diplomats. I mean, I would love to read what they are. Like, oh, no, it's got to be hysterical. I mean, just, first of all, who would send insults to the king of Assyria? But, so he sent all these insults. And how would you like to be those guys? Like, oh, Tumen says, you have a big, ugly nose or something. I mean, like, oh, my God. <laughs> Tubin says you're a woman and you ride a mare. Just, <laughs> right? There's, there's like a pile of Elamite diplomats next to the <laughs> throne. Right. Skinned and everything, just standing there. Like, and you're the guy bringing the next one. Like, I have to read this. Huh? I'd be like, Tubin says you're awesome. <laughs> Tubin says you're great. He thinks um, you're the best. So how did... How did Tuman expect this to work? It's like, oh no, Ashurbanipal would go like, oh no, I'm not really hurt. I'm going to give you your brother back. Yeah, I mean, what? I don't know. I just uh, I can't get in the mind of these people. I just wonder if we just went through all these campaigns. I mean, maybe they just think, how could they possibly, you know, fight another campaign? I don't, I don't think because I bet you because they didn't have the logistics like the Assyrians had. Nobody could believe that another country could possibly project their power in the such a way. The Elamite sages are like, oh, according to our calculations, they are now out of arrows. <laughs> this should be safe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but they weren't. So, yeah. And um, there's a really, there's a famous relief, a big relief that would have been in the, you know, the palace of Nineveh that was you know, re- recovered in the 1800s, and it's in the British Museum now, and it's a really chaotic scene, but there's, like, captions and call-outs, just like what a, a graphic novel would be. So it says, hey, kill this guy, or become a hero and help me over here, that kind of thing. So um, I, I broke it down, and I know, Dan, you do this the best, so maybe if you could go through what I, we got here, I think it would be, right. the listeners will like it. First of all, you can see that the Assyrians, surprise, have better armor and better weapons. Certainly there is propaganda involved, but I can tell you that historians have picked apart lots of Assyrian reliefs, like this one, and they do feel that much of the images of weapons and armor for both Assyrians and their enemies are quite accurate. In the battle scene, the Assyrians are pushing the Elamites towards the river. The river cuts across the scene. Eventually, they are pushed into the river and drown with their horses, carts, and weapons. Then there is a subplot within the chaos about the pursuit of Tuman. First, Tuman and his son Tamaritu fall from their chariot, which has collapsed, and Tuman loses his royal hat. Oh no, my hat! <laughs> Next scene, they both get up. Tuman has recovered his hat, but he's been wounded in the back with an arrow. So arrows still working out. The Assyrians obviously <laughs> still have arrows. And they try to flee towards a forest. But they are soon surrounded by Assyrian soldiers. The wounded Tuman is kneeling down and telling his son to pick up the bow and fight back. The son gets hit over the head 
with a mace. Maybe he ran out of arrows. <laughs> An Assyrian soldier cuts two men's head off with a knife. I will assume he was killed or mostly dead by this point, because in the image it's like he's sawing it off. Ah, he's only mostly dead. Cut <laughs> off his head anyway. <laughs> now we see the Assyrians carrying back the heads of two men and his son, and they take them to the Assyrian camp. There are some pro-Assyrian Elamites in the tent who identify the heads, so the heads are transported to Nineveh in a cart. Yeah, shipping heads to Nineveh. <laughs> That's how they do it, in a cart. Yeah. Now we know. Poor Tuman. Uh, next relief is the aftermath. First scene is an Elam. A eunuch is leading Tuman's brother, who will, be, who will be installed as a puppet ruler, as the king of Elam. The Elamites come out of the city and bow down before him. The river is below, showing the dead bodies of the Elamite soldiers floating down. Second scene is the triumph back in Nineveh. Ashurbanipal is sitting in his chariot, and there are two visiting ambassadors from Urartu of all places, who come to greet him. Ashurbanipal is parading two Elamite messengers holding tablets with insults from two men, and showing them to the Elamites as the reason why he attacked Elam. So the insult plan, not the best plan. Mm -hmm. Next, we see the same two ambassadors from Urartu, and they are witnessing the humiliation of two Elamite captives from the Elamite court. The Syrians are placing the heads of two men and another nobleman around their necks. They are then made to parade around the city with the heads around their necks. Again, we see the two ambassadors from Urartu, and they're watching two more captives have their tongues removed and then being staked to the floor and flayed alive. <sighs> this was the punishment for treason and resisting Ashurbanipal. I think he's becoming Ashurbanipal II over time. Yeah. Despite mm -hmm. being a learned man, he's mm -hmm. turning more and more cruel. Mm -hmm. And he's the only one who's close to Ashurbanipal II in cruelty, I think. Mm -hmm. The others... The other kings have not reveled in it as much as he's doing, I think. Yeah, it does seem me. It's, oof. I mean, you know, Dia Carlin has that episode. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, go on. It's really yes. hard to nail down all the dates of everything. Uh, because on one of Ashurbanipal's inscription, he describes the Battle of Tiltuba as his seventh campaign. Then he describes his eighth campaign as when he captured the nobles, who it appears are being forced to wear head around their necks. I do think this is probably also in 653, though. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So here is Ashur Banipal. On my eighth campaign, I marched against Dunanu, son of Bel Ikiza. To the land Gambulu, which had put its trust in the king of the land Elam, and had not bowed down to my yoke. I conquered the city Sapibel, his fortified city, whose location is situated between rivers. He says he brought back Dunanu and his family alive. He also says, I captured alive Masira the chief archer of Tuman, the king of the land Elam, who was stationed inside the city Sapibel to provide support to the land Gambulu and to guard Dunanu. I cut off his head and beat it against the face of Dunanu, the ally who could not save him. Uh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's intense. So he's beating... Uh, what? Uh, there's yeah. also the office of the chief archer. That's a new one. Yeah, I know. I, I noticed that too. Of course, Ashurbanipal destroyed the city, but not with fire. He says he dissolved it with water. <sighs> but we had that in Sennacherib's destruction of yeah. Babylon as well. Yeah, probably pent a river through it. Ah, that will teach them. And in this passage, he talks about the fate of the two messengers who had to send the insulting messages, then wait in Nineveh for Ashurbanipal's decision. <laughs> <laughs> they saw the decapitated head of Tuman, their lord in Nineveh, and madness took hold of them. One of them pulled out his own beard, and the other stabbed himself in the stomach with his iron belt dagger. If you were wondering what happened to this Dunano guy, who just got uh, his friend's head bashed in the face. Uh, Ashurbanipal says, As for Dunanu, they laid him on a slaughtering block inside Nineveh and slaughtered him like a lamb. The rest of the brothers of Dunanu and Aplaya, I killed them, chopped up their flesh and sent them out to be a spectacle in all of the lands. How could it be a spectacle if they were chopped up? It's like, here's a piece of meat. That's the yeah. brothers. He of sent the them family. out. He sent pieces. <laughs> and here's something interesting about this Aplaya character. So Ashurbanipal again. As for Aplaya, son of Nabu Salim, grandson of Merodak Baladan, whose <laughs> father had fled to the land Elam before the father of the father who had engendered me. After I had installed Umanigas as king in the land Elam, he seized Aplaya and sent him before me. Wow, Merodak Baladan. Yeah, it's his, his grand, great-grandson. Still causing trouble for Assyria. Yeah. We don't know if a player was killed and chopped up at um, 
I think he was. Yeah, I think so, probably. I don't think he was a speed talker like uh, Neko. Wow. This Russian bunny pal is uh, turning kind of crazy. Yeah. And there's this whole thing. He has this, they have this other, there's all these other inscriptions. There's there's a lot of scholarship on it. Um, I, called Asher Bannerpaul's Garden Party. And he has apparently, you know, has a party with, he has Tuman's head from a tree. It's like, you know, he invites all his friends and people like, oh, look, here's Tuman's head. Remember that guy who used to say that I smelled bad? Well, look what I did to him. Ha ha. That's, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, totally. And there's there's a whole literary tradition about these this garden party, but and you see like Asher Banapal sitting on one of those, you know, like those 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 couches where you're like more grapes, you know, you're like laying back, and then like Tuman's head just hanging from a tree. Okay. Yeah, they, the, the head was probably they, they said it was probably re, uh, preser- reserved and kept as a ritual fetish at the Assyrian court. Wow, that's something. Imagine, like, every year he kept sending these nasty messages, and Asher Banapal's probably, like, ears were steaming with smoke, you know? <laughs> yeah, that um, other people will probably not send insults to Asher Banapal now. No, I wouldn't. I would not. I would not do that. So, well, now, now I mean... You would think at this point, you would think the Assyrians were really exhausted from all this battling in the 650s, right? And it seems like they have defeated the Meneans, the Medes, and now Elam, they control Babylon with Shamashumukin, Ashurbanipal's brother, in charge. So is this now the time for peace, perhaps? Yeah. Remember when we said it probably wasn't a good idea for... For uh, Ezra Haddon to split up his kingdom between the brothers. Oh. Well, this is why I said I don't know if that's going to work out so well because now Shamashuma Ukin thinks he decides he's going to rebel against his brother. But he's been a good guy for so long, right? He's been yeah, just quiet anyway. He's been no? the Babylonians have been whispering in his ears. I'm sure. I'm sure, and we know there was a lot of Assyrians had a lot of spies too, so they you know try to keep an, keep track of things. That if this is 652, we know that's this is 652, and this is the, definitely the biggest event of the decade, and definitely one of the biggest events of the whole history of the Neo-Assyrian Empire. I mean, if you just you know do a quick 10-minute overview of the Neo-Assyrian Empire, this is going to be the big a big part of it. It's. Kind of the beginning of the end, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how they look at it. So, um, so you know, they if they realized that Shamashumaukins, he was definitely a actually a Babylonian. His mother was Babylonian. Ashurbanipal's mother was most likely Assyrian, which is a good reason why they split it up that way. And maybe thought, you know, a Babylonian king will be better. The Babylonians will like him, and Apparently they did like him so much, and he liked them so much. He decided to have a revolution. He became an actual Babylonian and hate the Assyrians. Yeah. They said, uh, yeah, during his reign there was a lot of uh, there was a good economic prosperity. Everybody was happy, and they must have gotten his ear. So whatever reason he did, he went native, and he was tired of being disrespected by Ashurbanipal, and he rebelled. And it was a civil war. It was literally brother against brother. 
But it's such at such a bad time for the Empire. Really? Um, I, we have some dates for these events. I, I used Cambridge Ancient History, which had dates. Yeah. And um, they used the Babylonian Chronicles, because the Babylonian Chronicles come back. So I, I, I used theirs there there for these dates. So the official start, we have actual dates, February 23, 652 um, BC. On this date, Ashurbanipal wrote to the citizens of Babylon in order to detach them from their allegiance to the king. So in other words, the plot was discovered. So Ashurbanipal's spies discovered this was... Correct. Right, right. And then it took eight months until the formal outbreak of hostilities. So that was October 19th, 652. He probably had to see who was on his side and who was on his brothers. Get up his truth, strength again, make his arrows, all that stuff. So eight months pre- preparation for war. That's a long We're time. Just, yeah. I mean, we just saw the battling they had going on. The Cambridge ancient history feels that that was, you know, who's on what side? What cities are against this? And what's, you know, it wasn't like they could pick up the phone and say, who are you with? They had to, you know, find out what was what. So is anyone in Babylonia on Ashurbanipal's side? The, uh, yeah, there are some um, in the south. Their main support was in the ni- non-tribal urban south, Uruk, Urkisik, Kulov, Eridu, and Shatadadin, and some other local allies. Okay. Yeah, so they were on his side. And then outside of Babylonia, the Elamites and the Arabs seemed to generally have supported the cause of, Sh- of Babylon and Shamashimokin. Definitely a lot of espionage, cultural divisions, ethnic divisions. I guess uh, Ashurbanipal's treatment of the Elamites did not help. No, no. And uh, yeah, exactly. So unfortunately, too, this um, revolution is going to go past 650. So we're going to get the conclusion in the next decade. But we do have a lot of fighting now. So yeah, with the hostility started October. 652, and in, in the north, the Babylonian forces were checked, and they had to retreat in just three weeks back to Babylon. So it looks like they attacked. They started moving first. So then they were checked, and the next month there were two major battles. There were, Somehow there's some Elamite troops still around. They sent troops to help Shamashuma-Ukan, and they were defeated on the Tigris and, and Mankisu, which is near modern-day Baghdad. So does this mean that these Elamite troops were controlled by the people that Ashurbanipal actually put in power in Elamite? Yeah, yeah. There's a whole bunch of they they keep boom boom boom. They keep they 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 do um, rebel against them after he put them in power. Even though they saw what he will do with people who defy him. I just can't understand. That's it's amazing. I can't. That's the when we go in the time machine, let's ask them. Maybe Shamashumukin seemed super powerful at this point. That. You were like, this guy's going to win. Let's speed up the Assyrians. Right. And I bet there's a lot of mad Elamites. And so if you're the king and you're like came from Ash- came from Assyria, and there's a whole bunch of mad Elamites because the Assyrians just kicked their butts. They're probably going to kill you if you don't do something. And, hmm. you know, right. yeah, just, yeah, people. So there's another battle at Kirit in the province of Sippar on December 27th. And the Babylonian army suffered a serious defeat. Oh. And 651, or it could be in the first beginning of 650, Arab troops arrived in Babylon to help 
shore up the city of Babylon. So well, Arabs, that wasn't a good idea for them. We'll find out some bad stuff going to happen to them later. Why do the Arabs care? Of course, they have been fighting the Assyrians at times, mm-hmm. but they have been mostly left alone. Mm-hmm. But they have been forced to send tributes. Mm. Yeah, maybe they are they are tired of this Assyrian yeah. domination too. It does comes to me comes down to me to be like bad information. They you know we don't have information like we have today, and so they just. You know, whoever tells, no, the Assyrians are almost dead. They're almost gone. We better help Shamashumaukin. Right. We'll give you money. You won't have to pay this anymore. Hmm. You know, seems to be a thing. I, there's some, I do have some scholarly uh, papers that I have to get through just, and, you know, because they're not like definitive, this this thing or that thing. I don't always get to them for the research, but there is one about about rebellions, why people would rebel. So I have to go through that. That's interesting really. because... There are so many rebellions against the Assyrians. Right, right. I mean, even in this, you know, even in in, in Israel, and then Judah, and then Judah fought them, and then they didn't. But then the Judahites fought the Babylonians. And that wasn't a good idea. That's another thing the Persians will get right when their time comes. Yeah, correct. You're right. You're right. They did learn from that. So yeah, so there's Arabs in Babylon in 651. And there was so obviously the Babylonians had all these setbacks, but they did continue to fight in the urban and the rural area areas. And in 651, they succeeded in capturing Kuffa. Um, within a few months before the end of 651, the Assyrians captured Nippur in central Babylonia. And then by 650, the Assyrians put Babylon under siege. And then that's why the Arabs were there helping out. Mm. So, yeah, in this northern theater, most of the action in the field took place in this 18 months between October 652 and April 650. And after that time, the Assyrians were in control of the countryside and they settled down to sieges of the um, cities Babylon, Borsippa, Kutta, and Sippur. But then in the south, the pro-Assyrian cities in Babylonia were under attack. So Assyria was never really under attack, just um, the pro-Assyrian cities in Babylonia. And it seems only Uruk was reinforced with Assyrian troops. And it seems that Uruk was the staging area for Ashurbanipal's forces in the south. We learned that early in the war, the Sealanders, always the Sealanders, and the Pukudu tribe, they controlled the south and they were seriously pressing on the pro-Assyrians in Babylonia. Good and actually, Ur- Yep, yep, and I'm the home of Malak Baradun. We, we find Ur is in trouble. They held out against famine and the enemy for at least uh, two years. And they, a letter was sent to Ashurbanipal from Ur begging for troops and warning that the wealth of his ancestors had given to the temple of Sin, the patron god of Ur, would fall into enemy hands. And they even found legal texts at Ur dated to 650 that show men selling their property rights to to raise money for food. So we know the situation in Ur is still doesn't get resolved. It's under siege and they're starving. Mm. And the Sealanders were under control of a grandson of Merodach Baladon. His name is Nabu Belshamati. Um, maybe he's the guy that got chopped up in Elam. You know, I mean, it's just all this weird chronology, but he's a grandson of Merodach Baladin, and he's in charge down there. Oh, obviously, he wasn't cut up in Elam. No. 
His father oh. and his son that was chopped up. I mean, maybe he was cut up after, but he wasn't cut up when we thought he was, because Ashurbanipal just puts all this stuff together on one, and one you know story. Why would you think it was the same guy? Isn't it another? Yeah, it's true. He's the grandson. The other one was the great grandson. So. Oh. Oh, so maybe this was the father, and the guy was chopped up. Was the? Yeah, this is the guy. His son. That's true. That's what oh. I actually wrote here. Yes, his he's his son was the one who got chopped up. Well, that would make him pretty anti-Assyrian. Yeah, right? yeah, I would think. Yeah, there's not much reason to live at that point. I mean, I wouldn't care. Also, with that legacy, that uh, granddad was the yeah. enemy of Assyria. So, <laughs> you, I, your great grandfather fought the Assyrians, and so, gosh darn it, you will fight them too. Yes. <laughs> Go nab Bel Shemati. <laughs> Go after them. So the so the south is still in play, and at the end of 650, then. It, Ashurbanipal and the Assyrians had the north pretty much sewn up, but the south was still in play. Babylon is under siege. Ur is under siege. The Sealanders are fighting down there. And that's where we leave it at 650. Well, Ashurbanipal is pretty much winning. Um, Correct. Except that he has some uh, mopping up to do. Correct. Unless maybe there's a miracle. Well, that was that decade. Yeah, I mean, we're leaving it sort of at a cliffhanger. You could assume that the Assyrians are going to be what's going to happen. But what happens to Shamashumaukin? There is some drama in the 640s, I promise. Yeah, what would happen to the Elamites who <laughs> defied Ashurbanipal again? <laughs> oh, boy. This Not is worse than sending insults to him, helping yeah. his brother's rebellion. Right. The Arabs, he's not going to be happy with the Arabs. He's not going to be happy with the Elamites. And there's probably some other things we'll find. We're, we're, I'm going to try to cover some of uh, Deuteronomy in the 640s, too. All right. So so make sure you tune into the 640s because uh, we're going to be, like Dan said, we're going to try to get this out every other week. So We sure will. Yeah, so if you know anything on the 640s you want to send me, send them, send it along. Please. Thanks for all your great work, Bernie. Oh, thank you. I enjoy doing it, as you know. And speak to you next time. Yeah, speak to you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.